welcome and thank you for listening to the Dr. Mom Sage Advice Podcast. Are you a single mom who is tired of feeling overwhelmed by doing it all? Have you been asking yourself, what is my real purpose outside of motherhood and my career? Are you tired of yelling, feeling mom guilt at the end of the day? If you're ready to go from chaos to confidence in your mindset and in parenting, then this is the place for you. Here we are authentic, transparent, and frankly, we're here to burst all of those mom guilt bubbles and empower you to take back control of your life so you can go from just surviving in motherhood to thriving and walking confidently in your best purpose-filled life God intended for you. I'm your host, Dr. Catricia, a board-certified bilingual pediatrician. I'm also fellowship-trained in pediatric urgent care medicine. That's just my fancy title for the weekdays, but 24-7, I'm the proud single mommy of my little wild mini-me toddler. I'm also a postpartum depression survivor. Now, I'm on a mission to empower other single moms to take back control of their life. Through candid conversations, we will learn, be encouraged, inspired, and committed to making practical changes so we can be our best selves for the queen who reigns already inside of us of the stigma of mental illnesses Um, from a cultural standpoint, from a professional career standpoint, um, and even from a familial standpoint of always being viewed as the strong one, always being viewed as the one who is successful and succeeds at doing things and For me, I was internalizing these thoughts of, well, I'm a single mom, so it's just expected that I will be able to do it. You're a pediatrician. You should know how to parent a child. I've never had a child, (laughs) you know? Um, I tell parents all of the time, they don't come with books. We don't either. It's totally a learning curve. And at the time, I didn't even know there was such thing as a fourth trimester. I'll probably have to do a whole podcast episode about that. But it really makes sense, you know, it's this time period where babies adjusting to their new environment and their world outside of your womb, and you're adjusting as well. Whether you're a new mom, a seasoned mom, a single mom, a co-parenting mom, a partnered mom, whatever the case may be, it truly is an experience during that fourth trimester of adjusting to and bonding and and bonding with your new child, your new baby. And as much as you like to prepare yourself for that with nesting and reading all the books I did it subscribing to all the blogs and getting downloading all the apps to keep track of all your breastfeeding nursing sessions in the middle of the night I was doing it all but nothing could prepare me to go through what I was experiencing and it was happening it was happening right before my eyes as the days pass by, as I continue to neglect self-care, as I continue to wake up in the middle of the night to nurse my daughter after working 10 or 12 hours in the ER, to place her in her crib just so that she was safe and sit beside her in a rocking chair so I could close my eyes, knowing that like she was playing by herself or talking to me, but gosh, I just needed to sleep. It wasn't paying extra for needing to come in for me to sleep. I didn't think of hiring a mother's helper or postpartum doula. 
I was doing it all alone with the exception of having my nanny be there to take care of her during my absence. And I was doing it all alone because it's kind of a trauma response. If we could be honest, it's a trauma response of like this ultra, ultra independence. And that's something that's kind of been a part of my life for years, for years of always being the go-to person in family relationships and friendships You know, like when you're, that's your personality style and people can count on you um, and you don't set, when you don't set those boundaries, that can take a toll and it carried forward and now into my new motherhood journey. And I, like I said earlier, I wasn't, I didn't have a village that I was building at the time. I didn't understand the importance. I didn't even like have the resources that I'm aware of now that I shared with you earlier, you know, Postpartum Support International. I didn't even speak to my OB about it. And honestly, I don't even think I was screened for postpartum depression, now that I think about it. Nor was I screened for postpartum depression at her pediatric visits. And you may be asking, why would a pediatrician do that? Like actually the American Academy of Pediatrics um, has given us a recommendation. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a mandate, but there's articles and studies that have been published to show that like, you know, we're seeing we, meaning pediatricians, see baby more frequently, excuse me, we're seeing mother with baby more frequently than her OB-GYN physician, nurse practitioner may. And we have the opportunity to screen for postpartum depression symptoms more often and sooner than the one six-week follow-up visit that she may have if she even goes or she remembers to go and follow up with that OB-GYN physician. Um, so it's imperative because it's not, we're assessing mother and her symptoms, but we're also assessing the environmental risk of baby. And so that's something that I definitely have become passionate about in the organization I'm in now. I'm working on a QI project to really make sure that that's been implemented Um and to provide them with resources, whether they score positive or not, um, giving them information about the postpartum support international. Because a lot of times, and I've even had this conversation on Clubhouse recently, a lot of times um, there may not be a bond where a mom may feel like she could share that with her pediatrician or share that with the nurse who's doing the screening questions. Um, but I think it's important to remember that whoever it is that you do recognize as a trusted um, professional or trusted individual within your circle, that if you are experiencing symptoms, that you go ahead and share whatever it is that you're comfortable sharing um, and let them know that, hey, these are the things that I'm feeling and I just need to express them um, so that they could be the person who supports you with making the next decision, which may be seeking out a therapist or maybe joining a mother's group or maybe going, making that appointment with your OB sooner if it's not the six-week appointment yet, or maybe asking your pediatrician, do they have a screening tool to be able to screen and be able to provide you with recommendations of any psychiatrist that they're aware of that could see you? Um, That's the first step that I would definitely suggest and advise is acknowledging where you are in your feelings that they're normal, mama. They are so normal to have. Parenting is hard. Parenting is tough. 
We still don't really understand why some moms go through postpartum depression versus others. It definitely could be because of a surge and change and um, of the hormones um, from pregnancy to delivering. It could be that there was already a genetic predisposition if there's a family history of mood disorders. Um, it could be because in my case, I felt like it was compounded by my situation of grieving being a new mother, but now being a new single mother and literally doing it all alone. Um, <laughs> and I want you to remember that you are not alone. Even if you may be parenting alone, you are not alone emotionally. This is a time in our lives, especially now during this COVID pandemic, where we have to be very intentional about cultivating our community. You know, life isn't meant to be done solo and we don't necessarily need the confidence to go out and make the changes that we want. We have to start with the courage. And when you have the courage to say, hey, what I'm feeling is not me. And if there's anyone who wants to discount your feelings, they're not the person that needs to hear your story. You move on, you find the next person because you never want to second guess what it is that you're feeling. And that happened to me. When I finally got to the place now, my daughter, oh my gosh, was probably like nine months or so. And now I'm really in the thick of it. I'm talking about losing weight. I mean, I lost my edges too, but I think that was because of hormones and she literally snatched edges too with her fingers. Um, but I was losing weight. I wasn't eating. I, you know, typical mom bun, yoga pants, running her to library play dates or taking her to baby gymnastic classes and still wasn't doing anything for myself. And it got to the point where in the middle of the night, like I just had so much anger inside of me and like just wanting to scream at times and just frustrated and even like threw, I don't remember what I threw, it was something across the bedroom and it hit the wall or the closet and like left this ding. And I remember telling someone who I thought was a friend at the time, I was like, yeah, like, I mean, I never harmed my baby, never harmed myself, um, didn't have thoughts to harm my baby ever. And when I threw the thing, it was just like, because I wanted to release some pressure and I told the person, they were like, okay, what? Why would you throw something? Like, is it some, something's wrong with you? And it's like, whoa, like, wow, that response is not what I needed, right? It makes you question yourself. So I say that to say, if someone doesn't validate what you're feeling, and that person was not a mom, maybe I should start there. <laughs> they were of the opposite sex. Um, but if someone doesn't validate your feelings, I want you to know that they are still true, that it's okay to feel not okay, but that you don't have to stay there, mama. You don't have to stay in a place of not feeling okay. I share that story with that person. Never shared. No, excuse me. I never shared any more stories with that person. And instead, I continued to hold the story on the inside. Because I felt like the people who care the most about me wouldn't really understand why I was feeling what I was feeling. And that thought actually became true during the conversation when I said something and their response was, what do you have to 
what is there to be depressed about? And I was like, whoa. And it was almost like their response was, look, you have a job, like you have a career, you have a nice car, you have a beautiful baby, like you have a home, like you can pay for a nanny to come to your house. Like why would you need to be depressed? Like they were looking at external things. And I remember that was the first time I probably found a little bit of my voice on the inside and I used it. And I said, this is why I couldn't share anything with you. Because what I'm feeling is true. Like it's, it deserves to be validated. Like I'm feeling what I'm feeling and has nothing to do with what you see on the outside. This is what I'm feeling. And they acknowledged that and they did apologize. Um, but it just goes to show you, especially in the social media culture that we live in, that you really don't know what anyone is going through from the outside. That's why it's so important to be kind, to be, to be empathetic. I mean, we're all in a storm right now. We may not all be in the same boat going through the storm, but we're all in a storm. And it's going to affect each and every one of us differently. I'm talking about the pandemic storm of how that's caused anxiety and some depressive symptoms because of the uncertainty and not knowing what's coming next and not being able to control a lot of things and having your normal be stripped away from you unexpectedly. That's grief, right? That's anxiety provoking. That can cause depression. That's normal. Those feelings are normal. And we need to normalize talking about it and normalize our story. But we're also in a culture where we post highlight reels. And when I say we, I'm talking about the majority because I do it too. We post our highlight reels. We post our mountaintops. We don't talk about the valley seasons. And I get it because, you know, everyone doesn't need to know your journey, your story. But I also now have shifted my mindset to realize the power behind owning your story so that your story no longer owns you but that you give it voice, you give it power, so it goes into the world and other people can see that they are not alone with wherever they may be and whatever they are going through, whatever their circumstances are, that if you can overcome, they can as well. I believe that's the power behind our testimony. Like I'm a person of faith. If you, if you guys have been listening to other episodes, you know that I'm a Christian and I totally, totally believe that when we're going through, it's for God to, number one, to grow us, to build our character, to develop us. Number two, it's also to be a witness of his greatness and of his glory and of how he's a father who cares and loves and provides and will sustain us. He didn't say the weapon wouldn't form, but he said it would not prosper against us. And number three, I also believe that there's power behind going through in our testimonies because for me, it birthed my purpose. My pain of going through postpartum depression, my pain of feeling overwhelmed and frustrated as a single mom, the pain of the bitterness of why did I have to do this alone? Why do I not have the village that I see that every other mom has? You know, Why is it that I am struggling between choosing a job and a career and like getting more time with my daughter, like all of that has birthed my purpose, which is to empower other single moms that the overwhelm is normal. It's going to be there, but it's a matter of what we can do moving forward and how we can shift our mindset and be able to push through that pain 
to really fully live our best life, even in this season, even in the season that we're in now, right now, if we're, if we're parenting solo, if there's no partner, and the season where you're in a crossroads of not understanding why you're in the situation that you're in. Because it does get better, because there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But when you're in the dark of the dark, you guys, it feels like you would never see light. I felt that. I felt that pain so much. And for so long, for so long, I felt that pain because I didn't share it with anybody. I mean, I was in my baby's face and smiling and cooing and like, you know, the oxytocin was there. That hormone, the dopamine rush was there of getting to bond with her. But when I laid her down to rest and I was like, okay, what do I do next? Do I clean this house? Do I go downstairs and sit on the computer and pay some bills and catch up on emails? Do I scroll through social media and fall into the comparison trap? Do I try to watch a movie? Do like have an adult conversation, call a friend or do I sleep too? Okay. Yeah. Sleep now after doing all some of those things. And then she wakes up and it's like, whoa, I should have slept when you slept. (laughs) Isn't that what they say? Sleep when the baby sleeps. Um, It's a new life and you can prepare as much as you can and would like to. But when postpartum depression, anxiety, mood disorders comes, that's something that you can't fully prepare for. But if you acknowledge and know beforehand what those symptoms are and and know that number one, it's normal to feel what you're feeling. And to go ahead and make that first courageous step of reaching out for support and help, of being intentional about cultivating self-care daily. I know it's hard, mama. I'm a single mom. You're like, self-care, right? Like, how do you, how and when do you get that? Even if it's five minutes of, like, taking a walk, like, when my daughter was very fussy at times, it finally dawned on me that, like, she didn't like to be in the house, Because as soon as I put her in the stroller, it was like, even if I, it was raining, you guys, I would just like go onto our, our back patio that was like covered a little bit and just move the stroller back and forth. She could hear the rain. She would look up. She could smell the air. Like she just wanted to be in a different environment. Um, and so walking around the block or pushing her in the back patio or just even sitting on our balcony sometimes um, in the rain, you know, under the covering, bouncing on my yoga ball, like. For her, you know, that was relaxing to her. For me, it was like, oh, you're out, you're breathing fresh air. You're walking around in nature now. I would put her sometimes in her swing, um, not her swing, but like the little bouncy chair and like get in the shower and wash my hair that was falling apart. I shared that story once before. Um, and that to me, those five minutes, three minutes, three minutes, let's be honest, (laughs) of having a shower was self-care for the day because I actually showered for the day. Self-care, like picking up a new color nail polish that you like, that you see at the store and just painting your own nails. You don't have to necessarily go to the salon if you can't, you know, have anyone to watch your baby. You can do that, you know, at nighttime when the baby has fallen asleep, taking a bubble bath, Sitting down to journal, waking up and meditating, taking the time to read a devotional or writing out in doodles and pictures or illustrating 
the vision for your life that you have for yourself and for your family. Self-care looks different for a lot of people. And self-care has to be a little more creative for a single mom, especially a single mom of a younger child, because you don't always get that individualized time. Now that my daughter is older, I've been teaching her that it is okay for her to have alone time and that mommy also has to have alone time. And sometimes that looks just like me closing my door with a crack, (laughs) allowing her to sit on the couch to watch a cartoon while I lay in the bed and read a chapter from a book, you know? Or sometimes that could be, I actually took a nap while I was reading the chapter from the book and she knew how to get her own snack from a pantry. Uh, But then it's like, mom, can you open this? And I'm like, whoa, I was like dreaming. (laughs) Um, Where am I? It was one of those type of naps. The self-care looks different, but it's so vital. It is so vital to your mental health and maintaining your mental health. And I know that now. And had I had another single mom as accountability partner or joined a single mom's group or reached out, I wonder how much differently that postpartum depression season would have been for me if I was being intentional about self-care. So I want to share that with you. Because even if you're in a storm now, eventually the rain stops, right? It's raining outside right now while I record this episode. It's been raining all week. And my daughter says, it's raining again. I'm like, yes. But it's important for us to have rain. Because the things that we want to grow in our life, the trees, those pretty flowers we look at, the trees blossoming in springtime, they need nourishment. You know, we do a lot of STEM projects in my house and I always say, okay, what do they need? She's like, water and sun. But guess, there may not be no sun right now, my love, on your side of the world, wherever you are listening to this. Maybe there's no sunshine and you don't know when there will be light. And it feels like a monsoon. I know where you are because I've been there. But I want to let you know that it will cease and that you are empowered to move beyond this season in confidence and with courage. And the first step is to say, I'm not okay. The first step is to say, I'm not okay. And to give yourself grace, knowing that you're not okay. Because it's okay not to be okay. The next step is... What are we going to do about not being okay? And I hope that you could find the courage to identify that one person in your life that you could share your story with and in confidence and in um, truth, knowing that they would be non-judgmental and, um, and keep your story private. Ask them to help you navigate resources. Check out the show notes where the resources are. Reach out to a professional mental health therapist who's licensed. There are even persons who specialize in perinatal mood disorders because this is common, so common. And we we don't talk about it like we should often, but I'm grateful, you know, in doing this research in these past couple of years, I've come across so many organizations um, that exist to support mothers, um, who have perinatal mood disorders. I'm so grateful. And they even have like partnerships. 
there's one called um, Climb Out. Um, you could be a leader, you could be a member, and they basically create partnerships so that like you can have like an account, not really, an, it's not an accountability partner, but basically be paired with another mom who's a survivor, you know, who's gone through it and who can be empathetic and understanding. She may not be a licensed um, mental health professional, but she is someone who's experienced it firsthand. That's me. I'm raising my hand <laughs> and can tell you that it's normal and that it will get better. It will get better. And getting better looks different for a lot and a lot for and getting better looks different for each person. Okay. For me, getting better was I quit my job. Getting better was I went to therapy. Getting better was I had to move across country to start my healing journey. Getting better was I actually started accepting help. Getting better was I had to take the cape off of being super mom, super single mom ultra independent, resilient, doing it all and said, some days, some things just are not going to get done. The dishes will be in the sink. The laundry will get washed three times because I forget to take it out of the laundry. I mean, out of the washing machine, which I think I didn't even put soap in it this morning. Like it will get better. It will get better. You are not alone. You are amazing. You are strong. You are brilliant. You are beautiful. You are the best mother your child could ever have. And I'm here for you in whatever capacity I can to serve and support you. And I hope that this episode has been a blessing to you. And I pray that this is the first day that you make a declaration that you are going to take the first step in becoming better. Because your future self thanks you. Your future self is waiting for you. There's a quote that I have in my office and you may know it. It's actually, it's, I'm looking at it twice now. I actually have a picture of it framed and I have a stack of 50 inspirational insight cards that was gifted to me. I found on Amazon and it's, uh, I don't know who the original, um, who to give credit to saying this originally, who, um, but it's a quote that says, she believed she could, so she did. I want you to believe in yourself today and know that, yes, single parenting is hard. Parenting is hard. Single parenting is hard. But you're an amazing single mama and you can do this. You will do this because you are already doing it. Give yourself credit. Clap for yourself. There may not be a partner who's supporting you or clapping for you, or there may be a co-parent who is causing lots of drama or um, tension, things that you can't control, right? We can only control ourselves. We can only sit in our feelings and move beyond those once we've acknowledged them and move forward. But the control that you have is over your mindset. The control you have is over creating the life that you want, right? Believe that you can so that you will because you're doing it now. Whether you see it or not, you are doing it. And I want to encourage you today and every day, every episode that I drop on the post that you see on IG, it's all about lifting you up. Because I was once there like, oh my gosh, when will this end? 
And as the days go by and our babies get bigger and they get taller and their hair is longer and they lose that baby face, my God, <laughs> and they get more words and they become sassier and develop into their personality, you're going to look back and be like, I did it. I did it. You did. And you're doing it now. All right, love. That's it for this episode. Woo, I didn't even cry. <laughs> I made it through, y'all. Um, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that you listen. I really ask that you subscribe, that you share it with other single moms, because I want, I want us all to be empowered. Go ahead and send me a message, email me, send me a DM, and let me know um, what this episode, how, how um, you felt after listening to this episode, and how it was inspirational to you. And of course, always like any other topics that you're thinking or would love to hear me provide insight and bring a guest expert on, by all means, share those thoughts with me as well. Until next time, remember to give yourself grace.